the last part of that song in the second verse said, As thy day, so shall thy strength be. Whatever you face, for each day, he will give you strength to bear it. He does. Oh, how we need to be reminded of that. We, we know that, but we just tend to forget it. It is an honor and a privilege to be here. Y'all were so easy to preach to. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder, as a preacher, you look out at people and you go, well, what are they thinking? Do, you, do they understand anything you're saying? I hope maybe God be pleased to comfort your heart. He said, comfort ye, comfort ye, my people. And whether it's what's happened in this past week or whatever it is, God comforts the hearts of his people. His people. He's on one can. On one can. Turn in your Bible to the book of Isaiah. Chapter 11. Let's read this whole chapter. It's only about 16 verses. Isaiah chapter 11. Beginning in verse 1. And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the, the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove the equity for the meek of the earth. He shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. And righteousness shall be the guide of his, the girdle of his loins and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb and the leopard shall lie down with the kid the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall feed. Their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hole of the asp. The winged child shall put his hand on the crocodile's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in any of all thy, my holy mountain. For the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord. As the waters cover the sea. This is the main verse we'll be looking at. And then that day, there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. And to it, or to him, shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. And it shall come to pass in that day that the Lord shall set his hand again the second time to recover the remnant of his people the remnant of his elect, which shall be left from Assyria and from Egypt and from Pathros and from Cush, from Elam and Shinar, from Hamath and from the islands of the sea. And he shall set up an ensign for the nations and shall assemble the outcast of Israel and shall gather together their dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth, the envy also of Ephraim, 
shall depart, and the adversaries of Judah shall be cut off. Ephraim shall not envy Judah, and Judah shall not vex Ephraim. But they shall fly upon the shoulders of the Philistines toward the west. They shall spoil them on the east together. They shall lay their hand upon Edom and Moab, and the children of Ammon shall obey them. And the Lord shall utterly destroy the tongue of the Egyptian of the Egyptian sea, and with his mighty wind shall he make his hand over the river. Shall he shake his hand over the river, and shall smite it in the seven streams, and make men go over dry shod. And there shall be a highway for the remnant of his people, which shall be left from Assyria, like as it was to, to Israel in the day that he came up, that he came up out of the land of Egypt. Now back to verse 10. Here we see, get my notes straightened out and reverse my pages. I know y'all have never done that. Here we see in verse 10, he talks about, he said, in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse. You said Paul preached last Sunday on the last days, and the last days have been from the time of Christ until now. And he says, in that day, the gospel day, shall he raise up a root from Jesse, which shall be an enzyme. This is a a prophecy of the Lord Jesus Christ being lifted up as an enzyme for the gathering together of his elect from every kindred, tongue, tribe, and nation. He has a remnant in Romans chapter 11, according unto the election of grace. It may seem just a remnant. A remnant is like a piece of cloth that just throws away, like a remnant of a piece of cloth or a piece of carpet. It's just a remnant. It's just the piece that's left that nobody wants, but they're his remnants, according unto the election of grace, and he's going to gather them in. He said, I'll set my hand again the second time, and I'll gather them. And what's he doing now? That's what he's doing right now. He's gathering together his elect from all over this world. He has a people. He knows where they're at, and he'll get every single one of them. He'll set them up. I mean, he'll, in that day, he shall gather them. And how will he do it? He says he'll raise up. There shall be a root of Jesse. It doesn't say a root of David. It says a root of Jesse. Now, who was Jesse? Now, Jesse was David's daddy. This man, this points to, and I made reference to this earlier, that Christ had to be a man. He had to be the God-man, Emmanuel, God, God with us. God taking upon himself the form of a servant, clothing himself in human flesh. That's the, the root of Jesse. This is none other than the Lord Jesus Christ who came according to the flesh from Jesse, the father of David. Remember that Mary and Joseph both were of the house and lineage of David. When all the world was taxed, they had to go where? To Bethlehem of Judah. Why? They were the house and lineage of David. Where was David born? In Bethlehem. They were of that lineage. Christ came through that lineage and that's what God ordained to happen. He must come, and he did come. Listen, as a man, 
Our Savior was a branch which grew out of Jesse's roots. But listen, but as God, he's the root from which Jesse and all the elect of God get their life. Christ was before Jesse. Isaiah 9 verse 6, And to us a child is born, that's his humanity, but unto us a son is given. That's his divinity. I heard on a message this week, they was, I think they said Larry King was asking some preacher, some false prophet, they said, what do you think about the deity of Christ? He said, we don't bother with them issues. Oh, really? This is the issue. If any man comes and denies that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh, he's an antichrist. Ain't that what it says? So it has something to do with Christ coming in the flesh, being the God-man. He was before Jesse. He's the one that, that Jesse and all the elect of God and David and ever since then, we get our life from the root. The root is what's hid under the ground and you can't see it. But that's where we get our life from. How did David get his life? How did David and Jesse and all of them, Solomon, how did they get their life? From Christ. Christ is both the root from which Jesse came and the branch growing out of Jesse's roots. David said, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make mine enemies thine enemies thy footstool. He said, He's a David's son and he's also David's Lord. You said, Explain that. I just can't. But that's what it says. He's both. He is both. Let me give you several verses. Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. You know that chapter where John said there was a one sitting upon the throne having a book that was sealed with seven seals and no man could even look upon this book or no man could open the book. And he said, I wept much because no man was able to open this book. And there's a lot of different theories what this book is. I heard one this week I kindly agree with. He said it could be this book right here. The only way anybody can open this book is for Christ to open it to your heart. The only way you know anything or under anything, understand anything of the mysteries of God is for God to open it up by Christ. And you see him. That's when it's opened. I can't open this book for you. Noah or Moses or nobody could open this book for you. No man's worthy to open the book. But there's one, Revelation 5, 5. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. Who did? The root of David. The offspring of David. David's just a picture of Christ. Sitting upon what? That throne. You know who David was? The first king. You say, well, I thought Saul, Saul was the first king. That's man's choice. David was God's king. When he told Samuel to go down to Jesse's house, he said that, I rejected Saul. He said, you go down to Jesse's house. He said, I provided me a king in Jesse's house. David, Jesse had eight sons. Samuel goes down there. He's the prophet of God. He takes the, the horn of oil. He's going to anoint the king. 
Boy, the first boy walks in. I picture him just a great big monster of a man. And Samuel says, oh, that must be him. God says, hold on, Samuel. You're looking on the outside. God says, I'll look on the heart. And all seven sons walk before Samuel. Not a one of them's chosen. David ain't even there. And they said, he said, Samuel said to Jesse, don't you have any more sons? He said, oh, just old David. He ain't even important. We didn't even... I guarantee Jesse knew that Samuel was coming. He said, David, you just go on out there and watch him sheep today. You ain't, it don't really matter about you. you. You don't need to concern yourself with this. And Samuel said, we won't rest till he comes. And when David walked in, God said, that's him. He's the man of God's own choosing. And God anointed that Man, a man after God's own heart. You know what he said? Who will, who will fulfill all my will. There's only one that fulfilled all God's will, and that's Christ. The root of David. Revelation chapter 22, verse 16. I, Jesus, have sent mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright and the morning star. He said he come here from, the, from Jesse, out of the root of Jesse. Why, why did he stay that? He came from a stem, just a part of this root. Look at it when, before Christ came. Look at Mary and Joseph. They come from a lineage of David. Look like they're living in poverty. Just a carpenter. This is the lineage of a king? This is the lineage of the king? He's of the root and offspring of David. Why, why did he come like that? This is the king and he's born in a stable. This is the root of David. This is, this is the one that's heir to the throne. He's showing that his kingdom's not of this world. It's of another kingdom. It's not of this earth. The house of David was reduced to, to nothing. Here's what it says in Isaiah 53, 2. He shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when we shall see him, there's no beauty that we should desire him. This is Jesus? You say you're God's son? Fooey. Ain't that right? He hath no form nor comeliness. There was nothing outwardly about him that would attract you to him. It was what John said, we beheld his glory. We know he's the king. Our Lord asked the disciples one day, he said, whom do men say that I am? They said, some say you're Elijah or John the Baptist raised from the dead. He said, but whom do you say that I am? Thou art. The Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, the king. He said, flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you. But my father, they give me a few more verses. Zechariah 6, 12. And they spake unto him, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord of hosts, saying, Behold, the man whose name is the branch, all capital letters in the word branch, and he shall grow out of his place, and he shall build the temple of the Lord. 
Jeremiah 23, 5, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. In his days Judah shall be saved, and Israel shall dwell safely. And this is the name whereby he shall be called, the Lord our righteousness. Isaiah 4, 2, In that day shall the branch of the Lord be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the earth shall be excellent and comely for them that are escaped of Israel. And it said, this one, this root of Jesse. So you need to find out first and foremost before we can go on anymore. Who's this talking about? It's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man. He says, in that day, in that day there shall be a root of Jesse which shall stand for an enzyme. Well, what's an enzyme? It's a banner. It's a standard. It's where soldiers gather around it. I know you've probably seen pictures or seen movies of the Civil War. Seen the one carrying the flag. That flag's the banner. The one carrying the flag is the standard bearer. And it's what separates their army from everybody else's army. It's a a mark of distinction. It's a place where the the soldiers gather around. They They look to the banner. And he said, in that day, there shall be a root of Jesse. We need to find out who that is. That's Christ who shall stand as an enzyme, as a banner, as a rallying point, a place where God's people rather, they gather around him it's a banner displayed it's a sign of a preparation for war and that's what I want to look at this morning Christ being our ensign and the first thing I think we need to talk about is how it just he distinguishes us from everybody else he's unique They come preaching another Jesus by another spirit. And this banner, this gospel, this Christ, they they talk about Christ, they talk about Jesus, they talk about love and faith and all these things, but they're talking about another God. They're talking about a king who wants to be king if you'll let him. But he is our enzyme. He's what makes the difference. They asked David one day, they said, where's your God at? He said, our God's in the heavens. He does whatever he wants to. Their God can't. But our ensign does. That's what he says in Isaiah 45, verse 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no God beside me. I girded thee, and though thou hast not known me, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord, and there, and there is none else. I form the light, and I create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Their God doesn't act that way. I know it's so horrible what happened to Jim and Linda this week. But God had everything to do with it. Isn't that right? And God's people know that. You know why? Because that's how our God is. The world don't think that way. They thought, oh, look what the devil did. 
He's God's devil. He only serves his purpose. So see, it distinguishes our God. When you see that flag, you, when you see, look at the American flag, you say, you know what it represents? You know what it, what it symbolizes? And it separates our country from everybody else. Exactly. And when Christ is seen, you know who it's talking about. You know who it represents. He said, I'm the enzyme. I'm him. It's me. It's me. He distinguishes. Secondly, Christ is an enzyme for war. It's usually associated with war. And let me tell you this. The church of God has no insignia for peace in this world. We're not trying to make peace with this world. When they see this banner, I guarantee you when that rebel flag showed up on the battlefield, they knew exactly what it meant. Whether you're a Yankee or a rebel, it, you may live north of the Mason-Dixon line, but when they saw it or the vice versa, when they saw that flag, they knew exactly what it meant. They were showing up. They, when the gospel's preached, the world knows who we're talking about. When he came, they knew who he was. They said, I mean, when they crucified him, Pilate put it above his cross. He said, and this is the reason that he's dying. They would say, he said that he is king of the Jews. They said, no, 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 don't write that. He said, what I've written, I've written. He's king. He's rightful king. You remember the story in the book of Exodus when Joshua was fighting the Amalekites down in the valley and Moses was up on the ridge and Moses was holding up the rod of God and Moses' hands would get heavy and they'd come down and I think it was Ur and I think it was Caleb. One, I always get the names mixed up. but One on one side and one on the other and they set Moses down. And they helped hold the rod up. Because when the rod came down, the Amalekites won. But as long as the rod was held up, the children of Israel won. And it says in Exodus 17, verse 5, And because God rolled a great victory that day, Moses built an altar. And he called the name of it Jehovah Nishai. The Lord is my banner. It's a place of memorial. Why did we win the battle that day? The Lord is our banner. For he said, because the Lord has sworn that the Lord will have war with Amalek from generation to generation. Christ is our commander and our enzyme. And listen, when, when a believer unites under that banner, he wages war against this world with sin and everything in it. This world hates God. And if they could, they would stop out, stamp out every gospel church that exists. That's right. In every gospel church, that banner's waved. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. Our Christ. <laughs> Christ is in... Advancing, always advancing in Zion. Others may retreat. He never retreats. Never. He come, when, he's, 
when he set up, I don't know when, he set up to have a church here in Collegeville, West Virginia, called Millsite Baptist Church. He decreed it, and it happened. And he said, and you know what he's doing? He's advancing. He's raising up others. He's always advancing a conquering and to conquer. If he wants a church, he'll have one. That's exactly right. He'll raise it up. And you know what it says to the rest of them? It's a symbol of war. A symbol of war. Listen to me. In our text, it said that he stands as an enzyme. He stands forever as our standard bearer. He's the standard bearer from all eternity. He's the one that carries the enzyme. He's the the standard bearer and the standard. He's all. But like in the Old Testament, you remember the tabernacle? The tabernacle that had the Shekinah glory of God in it? It moved from one place to the other. And when the tabernacle moved, you moved with it. It's always advancing. I guarantee you when the children of Israel came through the Jordan River on dry shod, over into Canaan, you know what it said about the people in Jericho? Rahab said, when we heard what your God did, our hearts melted within us. When they started marching around the walls of Jericho, blowing the trumpet, carrying the ark of God, blowing the trumpet represents preaching the gospel of Christ. Can you imagine how they trembled inside those walls? You know what God's saying? I'm coming to take over. Did he take it over? He's always advancing. He conquered the whole land. It's his. He promised it to Abraham. Let me tell you, our God's on the throne. We may get discouraged and we may look around. Our little congregation's probably even smaller than yours. You say, well, where are they at? God's still on the throne. He has an elect remnant. He's going to gather them. Where's he going to gather them? Around his banner. And he's always advancing. Always advancing. We, this, this country was only established for one purpose. For the gospel. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. God said, I raised up countries for you. Israel, Egypt only exists for the salvation of his people. That's right. He's on the throne. He's advancing. He's the one carrying the flag. That's right. Christ is a gathering in Zion. You imagine these soldiers out on the battlefield. You know where they gather around? They gather around the flag. You know where the safest place on the battlefield is? Around the flag. They're looking for it. I've seen pictures of battles of the Civil War. You know, you saw them. They're just gory, awful, smoke and fire and everything going on, blood and just a mess. But they look for that flag. You know what God's people look for? They look for Christ. If you was to leave this place 
and God moved your job somewhere else, the very first thing, if you're a believer, the first thing you're going to look for is a place to worship God. Am I not telling you the truth? It's a gathering. God's people gather around him. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'll be in the midst. A gathering, somebody else does the gathering. As a hen doth gather her biddies under her wings, he gathers his people under his wings. Like you read talking about is God don't have literal feathers. That's just a symbol that we can understand. He gathers us like it said in Psalms 91 under his wings. Gather around him. Christ is a guiding enzyme. He's our guide. And we follow him. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. If you're out on the battlefield, which way am I to go? Which way am I to go? I look for the banner. I follow the banner. The one that carries the banner. In Psalms 48, verse 14, for this is our God forever. For this is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even unto death. In Isaiah 58, 11, and the Lord shall guide me continually. He guides me. He leads me. He leads me besides the still waters. He restores my soul. He's my God. John 16, verse 13, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He guides you. He guides you. This is Christ, our enzyme. We see him by faith. I remember when we was in religion, we had us a Christian flag. We were just so, so special. Had a piece of cloth with a cross on it. That ain't no banner. You see him by faith. If I preach Christ, you see him by faith. You say, what are you talking about? If you ever see him, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever saw him, if you ever saw the flag, you'll know if you see it again. Isn't that right? You see him by faith. I can't explain it, but I see him. That's him. That's him. You know, it's like the, remember the children, in the children of Israel, God gave them these feast days. You remember the, the feast of Jubilee? Remember if you owed a debt, you could be set free and all your debts were paid and all this? It may only happen one time in your life. But I guarantee you, if you ever heard it, you'd know what it is. That's right. That's the gospel. It's Christ. We see Jesus. We see who he is, what he did, why he did it, where he's now, and what he's doing. We see him. We see him. Something else, Christ is a uniting enzyme. You know what unites soldiers? Him. Me and Sandy were reading a while back about World War One and Talk about all those countries over in Eastern Europe and all of them, how they, the Russians and 
from Turkey and just all them nations, they united and some divided, one on one side and one on the other. But those countries were from different backgrounds and everything. But if they fought for the same cause, they united. Whether it was Americans and the Britons or whatever, they united. Why did they unite? There was one cause. We come from different backgrounds. We come from different walks of life. But what unites us? I'm from a little place called North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. But what unites us? Christ. It's that cause. We have, we have something in common. What is, we're fighting for the same cause. It's him, that banner. That's what unites us. No matter where you go, if there's a gospel church, that's what unites us. It doesn't matter whether we're black or white, Jew or Gentile, male or free, poor or rich, it doesn't matter. He unites us. And anything that tries to divide that's not of God. What Satan loves to do is come in and bring about division. Isn't that right? God unites us around Christ. He's the only thing that matters. The Bible says, bear ye one another's burdens. Christ is an exalted ensign. In Zion, they would lift it high up on the hill. Upon a pole so everybody could see it. How many's ever saw the the memorial for Iwo Jima? Raise your hand. You know what I'm talking about. That picture of those men, I think there were six men. And they're all got a hold of the, the pole and they're all pushing this flag up. That little island of Iwo Jima was only about four miles long. And on one end of that little island there was a a volcano, it was a, it didn't erupt anymore. And what they would done, them Japanese, they, they had tunneled into that volcano and they, would, they, was, they, they hid. But there was an airfield on that island. And the Americans had planned an attack on that island. You couldn't see a single Jap. They were all hid. And it says they waited till the Americans landed, so they just ambushed them. Ambushed them. Because we had to take over that island. We needed that airstrip. You know what we did? We landed. But listen to me. On February the 23rd, they said that battle lasted for 36 days, and it was pure hell. They said the smell of sulfur was everywhere. People dying on every hand. But on February the 23rd, 1945, at approximately 10.20 in the morning, the flag was hosted on a steel pipe above the island. The sight, the sight of the small American flag upon Mount Sarabaki thrilled all the men on the island. And for the first time during World War II, an American flag flew over enemy territory. They said that it was, it was men's responsibility to take that flag and put it on top of that mountain. Say what bravery, what courage. That's talking about my Lord. He's an, an exalted ensign. But listen to me. Can you imagine what everybody thought when they saw that flag? Boy, was a fine American. Boy, I had to put courage in my heart. It's ours. That flag meant it's ours. But it didn't mean joy to everybody. Everybody. 
You know what it meant to them Japanese? It meant death. In 2 Corinthians 2.16, to one we are the savor of death unto death, but to the other we're the savor of life unto life. And we conquered it. And let me tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ came and he conquered it. He's the one. You know, they said in the Civil War that it was an honor to be asked to carry that flag. I read from a woman who, she was a nurse after the Battle of Gettysburg. And she listed their names. It was probably 25 or 30 names of the men who were killed carrying that banner. After several got shot, one general runs over to pick the flag up and another Young, young, young lieutenant runs up and said, you'll do it over my dead body. An honor to carry that flag. Let me tell you something. It's an honor to preach his gospel. To wave his flag. And to set it up and say, this is his. This is his. He's lifted up in three ways when he died upon the cross. He said, if I be lifted up from the earth, I'll draw all men to me. He was exalted in his resurrection. And being found in the fashion of a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. And he's exalted. He's lifted up in the preaching of the gospel. He rules he reigns. And just like that little island of Iwo Jima, wherever he sets his mind to conquer, he's going to conquer it. And he does. He does. He's an ensign under attack. You know, the main, in the, when the battle's the hottest, whether it's in the Civil War or World War One, whatever war it is, you know who they shoot at first? The one carrying the flag. That's right. Above all the officers and soldiers on the field, the enzyme is the most object of attack. The man who carries the colors is the enemy's aim. If he falls, the flag falls. If the flag falls, the army is in disarray. Disarray. When Christ was upon this earth, he was the object of Satan's attack. And when he went back to glory, the church was the object of his attack. That's right. His church, his bride. Listen to me. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you that dwell on the earth. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth. And of the sea, for the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath. Why is he having great wrath? He knows, but he hath but a short time. And when the dragon saw that he was cast out into the earth, he persecuted the woman, which brought forth the man-child. And, the woman, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into a place where she is nourished for a time, time and half a times from the face of the serpent. And the serpent cast out a man out of his mouth water as flood after the woman, that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. And the earth helped the woman. And the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood which the dragon cast out of his mouth. 
And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That flood represents the flood that came out of his mouth is a flood of heresy. That he's fused out of his mouth to try to destroy the woman. And you know what happens? The earth helps the woman. The earth swallows up that heresy. Doesn't that sound familiar? They swallow it. And listen, read you this verse. Isaiah 59, 19. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up the standard against him. When he come in, when he comes in like that, like that flood, God raises up Christ. And when he comes against you, it seems like all hell comes against you. God lifts up Christ in your heart. He's one. He's one. He's one. You remember Martin Luther? that German monk back in the 1400s. They said, why don't you recant? He said, I can't. He said, here I stand. I can do no other. Here I stand. I can do no other. Let the enemy come in like a flood. God will raise up a standard. He'll raise up his church. What did he tell Peter? He said, Peter, flesh and blood didn't reveal unto you that I'm the Christ. And he said, upon this church, upon this right here, upon that confession, upon Christ, I'll build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. He's the ensign of comfort. He's a conquering ensign. It says in Revelation 19, he's king of kings and he's Lord of lords. He's king. Let's read the verse again, Isaiah 11, verse 10. And in that day... And in this day, there shall be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people. And to it and to him shall the Gentiles seek. And his rest, his rest shall be glorious. How are we going to rest? The battle's done won. He's done planted the flag, and it's still waving. And it makes the enemy so mad they can't stand it. Doesn't it? They love to tear it down. Love to. That's where the attack's at. It ain't happening. He's going forth conquering and to conquer. And when the last one of his little remnant has been gathered in, this earth will cease to be and there'll be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness.